it creates such an opportunity for strong relationships. And I think in a lot of different cultures, maybe not American culture, but in a lot of different cultures, this is essential and it's a huge part of everyday life. So it is very important to invite people into our homes, to get to know them, to show them who we really are and to represent Jesus well. You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javet, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. Hello and welcome back to Our Urban Voices. I'm your host, Dr. Alphonse Javed. Today I'm joined by Rebecca Castillo. So this is the second time you are speaking for us. You spoke at the Heart for Muslims conference back in November. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again. On Our topic today focuses on hospitality and outreach to Muslims. So let's start there. Um, thank you again uh, for joining us, Rebecca. So before we get started, please tell us very briefly about your family. I believe families is, is important. It humanizes us and it makes a connection with the audience. So start there, please share a little bit about your family. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I am married. We don't have any children yet. We're praying for the Lord to provide some soon. But um, I, we've been married for about six and a half years. This June will be seven. Wow. Uh, time flies. But uh, we are both from Latin America and come from sizable families. I um, I am one of three children. However, we grew up in a context that was really, we were close with our extended family. And in Latin American cultures, at least um, in parts of it, your cousins are like extension of your brothers and sisters. So I have around 40 cousins and we lived in two different cities uh, usually growing up. However, we were very close. So I, I definitely come from a very large family and um, um, I come from a large family and so does my husband. So um, that's a little bit about where we come from. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Um, actually, I have same same um, cultural, you know, understanding. Your cousins are your brothers and sisters, and even your neighbors are your cousins. Correct. So, so that's the same understanding uh, in Pakistan too, where I come from. That's great. That's great. And, and now I have four children, so that's uh, beautiful. Um, and the audience actually knows that because I, in every episode, I talk about them. Let, let's start. Start with the, a few uh, simple questions. Number one is, and I, I understand why um, why hosting uh, hosting others matter or caring for others because uh, uh, we are coming from those cultures. But in American culture, it is a, still a foreign idea. So let's start there. Why does hosting matter? What does hospitality and entertaining mean so much? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to start from a little bit of a biblical reason why to me, I think it's so important. Uh, hospitality is so important. And honestly, I'm going to go right to the beginning in Genesis. So what is God doing? You know, we oftentimes when we look at the creation story, uh, we read it from the perspective of God as creator and we're in awe of his power. But when we look at it from a relational perspective, what is God doing? God is... Um, creating a space for then humans who he create um, for us to dwell in. And it's not, you know, it's not 
it's not a simple place. It's a pretty complex and took six days uh, to create it all. Uh, but I think it's really uh, a neat uh, opportunity, a neat um, thing to look at when we're looking at the creation narrative uh, of God creating a space for us. So God is setting that as the first example. And I think he created us. Uh, he hosted us in in our in the world we live in. And so God is our really our first example of hospitality. And so he created us in his image. So if God is hospitable, then I think in by nature, um, in humans, we have this need this uh, that God gave us for communing with one another, for um, hospitality, for creating space to be with one another. And so on a little bit more of a practical level, um, hospitality, the home, the it, I, I don't usually just refer to hospitality as in the home setting. Really, I think of hospitality as creating and having a space to be present with others. And so sometimes that is in the home and the home is the perfect setting for it, but sometimes it's in a coffee shop, sometimes is at a park. It can be in a lot of different places, but it really is a, a place where we can be present with someone else and have the opportunity to know each other, to build relationship in a deep uh, and personal way. And uh, in order to relate with our neighbor, with uh, anyone, um, that is super important. But uh, on the hospitality in the more traditional sense and entertaining, sharing your home is sharing your life. Uh, it's kind of, if we look at it, it's, it's, it's a vulnerable place. You're inviting people to look at your home, to look at everything about how you live, um, but it creates such an opportunity for strong relationships. And I think in a lot of different cultures, maybe not American culture, but in a lot of different cultures, this is essential and it's a huge part of everyday life. So it is very important to invite people into our homes, to get to know them, to show them who we really are, and to represent Jesus well. Amen. Amen. There is a big emphasis on hospitality in Latin culture. So what was it like uh, for you adjusting to living in, the, in America and realizing that Americans often don't put the same importance on hospitality? Well, you know, I think it was, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, in Latin America, again, um, hospitality is very fluid. Uh, in a sense, it's very organic and, you know, it's part of life. So you get invited um, to people's houses, you go to their houses, and but at the same time, it's very natural and everyday. It is expected that you have an open invitation to your neighbors, your families, your friends' house, and they have an open invitation to yours. So I think the biggest transition for me was understanding that there are more limits. Here is not that hospitality is not necessarily important, but I think space is important. And so you don't just barge into someone's house unexpected. You plan the times to get together a lot more. So that was really hard. I remember showing up at people's houses and really catching people by surprise. <laughs> and um, I mean, I laugh about it now, but it was a little awkward at the time, but it was a, a huge transition because not having that uh, option to just drop in on someone, um, I think it made me feel perhaps like, not like I was 100% welcome. And it's all about perspective. That wasn't necessarily what they were trying to show. But because of the cultural differences, it was easy to feel lonely uh, knowing that I couldn't just drop in in somebody's house. So, yeah, that, I think that was one of the 
the biggest uh, differences. And then uh, having that understanding and realizing that hospitality is important, it just has different rules, was um, was really helpful. Yeah, I, I like the idea that it's it has different rules. And uh, that that's uh, so true. And, um, you know, it, for, for me, it's the uh, same thing as your culture. But in America, my wife has American culture, so she's American and mm -hmm. uh, I'm immigrant. So we always have to manage that. Uh, I have to give room to her and, uh, you know, her her cultural understanding of everything. And then uh, she has to give room to 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 allow me to exercise my cultural understandings. And and we both I think we're managing really well. But the idea there's a different rule. Uh, in in each culture, what it means to be um, uh, host when when we're trying to host somebody, there's a different rule. Uh, based on your experience, how do you think the typical American attitude toward hospitality could impact how immigrant uh, communities perceive the gospel? Uh, well, as I shared before, I think in general and in many conversations with immigrant communities. Um, oftentimes it takes a long time before they feel welcome again, because the rules are different because, uh, what their expectations of hospitality looks like is different. I have a friend, a Middle Eastern friend who said that when they moved to the U S they brought a lot of gifts, a lot of little gifts, because the expectation is when you get invited into someone's home, um, you bring a little gift. So they brought a lot of different things. Um, and it took them about a year before they were even invited to someone's, to an American's home. And so it took that long for them to even give out the first gift. And that was really, uh, that was really hard for them. It brought a lot of uh, feelings of loneliness and whatnot. And so at the same time, uh, how does it impact their ability to perceive the gospel? I mean, in, in a lot of the, uh, foreign cultures, you are not really able to get into deeper conversations about the gospel or about who you are and how God impacts your life until you've built a strong relationship. So, and a lot of that happens in, in hospitality, a lot of time uh, that happens in time spent one on, with one another. So I think the attitude is if we're not hospitable, then, um, then oftentimes we're not able to really get to that point of having an opportunity to share. So if all we're doing is meeting a person and sharing right away without that time to build a relationship um, and to, you know, see them as humans, uh, image bearers of God, um, sometimes it might be easier for them to reject the message uh, if it doesn't come with that relationship building. Wow. You come from a Venezuelan background, correct? That's correct. I'd like to hear from you about any similarities and differences between Hispanic hospitality versus uh, other traditions, traditional cultures. You just mentioned um, Middle Eastern, right? So like Middle Eastern, African, or Asian cultures where many Muslims come from. What, what's been your experience? Well, I will tell you uh, an anecdote about... Um, the first time I went to the Middle East, and of course, I did not know the language. I went for some language learning, and we hadn't been there, there very long. We were actually staying with a local family who didn't speak English for language learning. And that weekend, uh, on uh, Saturday or Sunday, they said, okay, today is the weekend, so it's time to go 
to visit family. And so we got ready and we headed over to, to visit their family. Uh, of course, as learners, we were following the leads, you know, like in Latin America, we're very hospitable and warm cultures. We're uh, very touchy-feely that I understood that wasn't going to be the case in uh, in the Eastern context. So we were following and, you know, letting them go before us and kind of repeating what they were doing as far as how they were interacting with one another. So there were a few different things. There was uh, specific ways of how you greeted the elders, or there was, you know, differences in how women greet each other versus uh, women versus men and whatnot. But once we got over the pleasantries and we moved in, when we got into the uh, the living room space, uh, it was a small apartment and there must have been about 30 people there. Um, and everybody was eating. They drink a lot of tea. In Venezuela, we don't. We're more coffee drinkers. But um, but there was something warm being served. There was snacks being served. There was lots of food and lots of pushiness about making sure you're eating all the food. And um, and so here we are snacking and then no, 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 lunchtime. And so here we're all eating together. But what caught my attention was the levels of uh, how loud the, the room was, how everybody was talking with one another and interrupting one another in their conversation. And we didn't understand this was barely our first week weekend there. So we didn't understand much at all. We were relying on Google Translate a little bit then you know, trying to um to navigate what was being said. However, the way it felt, it felt like I was at my grandmother's house back in Venezuela. And so just with the way that the uncles were interacting, the ways that the children were interacting, the women and everybody um, in a very warm uh, way, um, interacting with one another and attempting to interact with us despite the uh, the language barrier. Uh, I felt right at home and I felt like, yes, some of the, the diff, some of the, like I said, the pleasantries, the ways that you approach one another might be slightly different. However, the same warmness, the, the warmness, the same, um, the same relationship was there. And that was very comforting to me. And that was the first time I realized, wow, um, the Lord has done something awesome by calling me and giving me a heart to work among uh, these people because I, I truly felt right at home. Um, despite the, the language barriers. And then once I've understood more and once I've uh, acquired more language, I started to realize even the conversations are similar uh, from family conversations to politics and religion. And it's it's very, there's a lot of overlap and I have found that to be such a blessing. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Um, I totally understand how that will play a such a significant role in sharing the gospel because now you are immersing yourself into their culture and um and and having that uh, understanding does help but let me and I, it may seem a little bit redundant because you did explain uh, some of the things that I want you to uh, sort of like tell me again uh the question is you were a a presenter at that last Heart for Muslims conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, rather than just talking about hospitality for your presentation, you did something unusual. And you sort of like explained to me in your this previous um, uh, comment, uh, you brought snacks and beverages mm -hmm. for each participant. Why did you think that was important? Well, I think number one, I think, you know, if we're going to talk about hospitality, 
we have to show hospitality. (laughs) Also, I think, um, I think, you know, the way that if we look at Jesus's life, the way that he taught the disciples, the ones that were with him all the time was always by modeling, uh, was, you know, taking advantage of every uh, normal everyday opportunity that they had, whether they were in the synagogue, he was pointing something out, whether he was, they were walking and, and there were needs and uh, and Jesus was addressing them. He wasn't just giving them a, a telling them you need to do this. He was showing them how to do that. And so when I was thinking about uh, hospitality or when I think about um, what we do as followers of Jesus and as uh, ministers of the gospel, we we are to follow Jesus' example of um, of leading by example. So that was one of the motivations for it. And second. Um, I wanted the people in the conference to feel welcome, to feel uh, that even though it was a short conference, that they could uh, feel comfortable and they could participate and ask questions. And I have found it over the years (laughs) since I was a child that um, when there's food and snacks and something to drink, there's something about that that really makes people more comfortable. And so, um, and it definitely did that. I thought it was a great uh, time where people were felt comfortable and were able to ask a lot of questions. And I grew up in uh, my my father is a pastor, and so I grew up in um, in as a daughter of a pastor. And my parents were very hospitable, and their example um, has impacted my life and my ministry even now. And that was one of the big things that they always did: make sure to provide. Uh, food uh, to those who they had around um, to meet needs, um, but also to just provide that space where people feel comfortable. So I wanted to make sure that those who came and participated felt that way. Yeah, that's that was awesome. And I think sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to show rather than just uh, tell. And that was a brilliant way to show that and set the example too. Let's talk about the flip side of hosting, being a guest. How can American Christian be good guests when they may be in a home with a very different culture than their own? Okay, I love this question. <laughs> they um, number one thing is to be an observant, to be um, to be an observant, be willing to um, just to be flexible and to realize that it's going to be different, that it has different rules, like we talked before. I think uh, oftentimes. The expectation is, I mean, we are as foreigners, we're being hosted in in the American culture. And a lot of times the expectation is we're the ones that come. So we need to understand the American culture. And there's uh, that's legitimate, 100 percent. However, American Christians who want to um, host, who wants to uh, host and be a guest, I think it's always important to to learn a little bit about the culture that they're going to be, um, I guess, too, but also to just go with open eyes, uh, wide open, absolutely, to 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 watch what they're doing and what's happening. Um, and I uh, I talked a little bit about this whenever um, I was at the conference, and I think it's important to share again. I think it's really fascinating that uh, in the Bible when we hear about hospitality. It just says briefly, be hospitable. Uh, Don't forget to, don't neglect showing hospitality. And that's the language that is used. However, if we really look into more details, what's happening in in Luke 10, when 
uh, Jesus is sending out uh, the disciples two by twos to, to minister to people. He's kind of giving them a pretty detailed list of instructions of how to be a guest, right? Um, and how to, yeah, like he's saying, go, uh, go find a person of peace, sit with them, stay there, don't go house to house. There's a lot of very specific instructions that is being given. And so it really caught my attention as to why Jesus would give uh, instruction as to um, how to be uh, how to receive and accept hospitality. And um, one of the things that it says, you know, be intentional. You have a purpose uh, that you're going eat and drink was before was provided. It's invest the time and uh, do the uh, do God's work to proclaim the kingdom. And I think oftentimes we're thinking, I want to be the one that's hospitable. I want to be the one that's serving. But there is so much honor that we're able to give to people whenever they are being the ones that are pouring their hospitality. And this is very important to people from Middle Eastern cultures, African cultures, Latin American cultures, to, to be given the opportunity to, um, to host and for that hospitality to be well received. Um, so it is important um, during that time again, to observe, to be willing to try different things, uh, to put yourself in a place that might be uncomfortable out of your comfort zone, but definitely to have the, uh, to ask the Lord to give us um, a open eyes and open hearts to the different ways of living. And as I think as in my experience, the best opportunities to share the gospel, to represent Jesus well, to proclaim his word has been while being hosted more than even when I host, because when I host, I'm worried, I'm paying attention to the food and is everybody okay? And all these things are important and are great, but it takes a little bit away from the time of being with the people sometimes. But when I'm a guest, I'm letting them uh, honor me or letting me uh, showing honor in that way and having the opportunity to sit and listen to their story and share and, and share about what the Lord has done in my life and share about Jesus. That's that's really cool. Um, so let me ask you about Ramadan. Uh, we are about to enter into Ramadan. If you have, if you personally have been uh, a guest at a Ramadan dinner, do you have any advice for our listeners who may be invited to one this spring? Absolutely. Actually, Ramadan is probably my most social month of the year here. Um, and um so I have been invited to multiple and I, I make it a point to 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 attend as many as I'm, I have an opportunity to. Um, so I think Ramadan presents an awesome opportunity to share the gospel. Those who are um, who are truly seeking to please God or whatnot, they want they have been um, fasting all day. They're they're doing so many different things in order to please God, to try to gain God's favor. Uh, and they're very curious about what you believe. If they're inviting you in their house, they're already spiritually ready um, a little bit more than any other time of the year because they're wanting to talk about and hear about spiritual things. So uh, I would say make sure to say yes and uh, boldly go. And it, every Ramadan din dinner that I have attended has been has led to lo long gospel conversations. And it's been a great opportunity because oftentimes I haven't even initiated. 
they say they said the very different dinner i mean they're 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 fasting all day they start out drink uh eating a date and some water uh as they break their fast they actually um it's the only time I've been out to eat where I hear a little bit more of a vocal prayer. I mean, even if it's just um, a little bit, a short one. So I've had many opportunities to, to ask, oh, are you praying? Do you mind if I pray for you as we share this meal? And um, it's provided a lot of natural opportunities to, to share the gospel. Um, I would say go respectful. And it's also a great opportunity to learn what about, about what Ramadan is, what it means to them, and to bridge that to gospel conversations. If you frequently invite Muslims into your home, are there any dietary restrictions or other accommodations you observe in your home to make them feel more comfortable? Absolutely, yes. Uh, so my husband and I decided... Um, that since we are uh, inviting Muslims to our home, we've decided uh, that we do not cook pork in our home. We're actually, uh, ever since we moved into this house and yeah, and even we've gone a little bit, I've gone uh, as the one who cooks a little extra step for some, uh, and this was by getting some experience from some that are more religious and, and, and follow the instructions even more. I even have one specific pot that I, or skillet that I use to cook uh, halal meals um, for those who are more um, restrictive even. Um, but yes, so specifically no pork, no alcohol, nothing that would uh, that would make in their eyes uh, this table unclean for them to eat. We've removed it from our house. And, I, and not everyone has those expectations. Uh, and also not everyone uh, adheres to the to all the rules the same way, but we've decided to kind of go a little bit extreme so that anyone can feel welcome and feel free to eat in our home. Man, that's that's intentionality. And I think when you tell, uh, in my experience, anytime I'm hosting a Muslim person and I tell them it's uh, all hilal, they do appreciate. They may not oh. ask, but they are uncomfortable and they don't want to ask, but when you do tell them, it makes huge difference. And then it, it added bonus will be like, and we have separate parts and pan for to cook this. That's even more. I never thought going that far, but that's that's brilliant. Well, and a little uh, word of advice here: the very first time, and this has been kind of my general experience, the first time that I've had people come to my house they're very apprehensive to eat. So the first time they come, I try to make a, a fish meal. That way there, I don't have to even go as far as saying it's halal. So I'll just make something with fish and, and just very simple. And, um, and then usually um, that helps. Uh, but then I say, you know, um, I understand that in, in your religion, there is restrictions. And so I just want you to know uh, that this is what I've done uh, in order to meet that. And so it, it 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 what what I'm trying to say here is that it helped me kind of realize the first time they might not eat as much, but as I open and share about my intentionality, now they come and they eat whatever I I present because they have that trust that that I will not um that I will not present something that's unclean to them. Yeah, would you give us uh, some tips? What are some common mistakes to avoid when hosting uh, for Muslims? Absolutely. Um, so, yes, um, I have a few tips written down, so I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. 
So a lot of times uh, in their homes, just one very practical, simple, um, they don't wear shoes inside the house. And so, and I know that that may be um, strange for some uh, people from the US, some not so much, but it's very, uh, it's a big deal. So don't, uh, don't, you know, be prepared to kind of take shoes off at the house. Also, as far as going back to being, um, to being observant, I think it's following people's leads when it comes to uh, greeting, how they greet, be respectful. Um, in, um, and for men, sometimes it's not uncommon for men to greet you with a kiss uh, among themselves. Uh, and that something is different. So again, just having an open mentality and open heart to, to just notice what are some of the differences. Another one that I've kind of noticed, um, is just a little tip, if you're inviting people, dinner is a much better invitation than lunch. Or if you're doing breakfast, it's really going to be around lunchtime. They, I don't know if this is a generalization, but it's been my experience that they're more social and more open during dinner or later times. And I know that that's very different from uh, um, mainline American culture. So uh, be open to, um, to spend time mostly in the evening. But a big one and a big uh, tip is, I think the biggest lesson I've learned over these the years has been that, uh, you know, in America, they say time is money. I would say in a lot of other cultures, time is love. And so really, uh, when you plan to host someone, it has to be a long period of time. It has to be, it can't be a rushed uh, environment. And, mm. uh, and those are, and that's very important because I remember the first few times I was hosted in my mind, after living in the U S for so long, the average time that you go to someone's house is maybe two, two and a half hours. And I was trying to be respectful at the two, two and a half hour mark and saying, okay, maybe I should go. And the response was like, why, why are you leaving? We haven't even this, this and that. And so, and then I started learning that, no, like whenever I have, I've been hosting, I need to be willing to be there for a really long time. And the more you're willing to do that, the, the better, the more hospitable that you are, the more, the best, the better, uh, a better guest that you are. And the more opportunities to share life, to share Jesus, and to be light. Yeah, and I'm connecting some of these uh, things with our traditional American traditional holidays. I'm thinking about Thanksgiving and Christmas. They, yes, they are past, but they will come back again, um, come around again. Do you think that's a particular good time, particularly good time of uh, of year to express hospitality or are there better ways to open our homes or let our uh, Muslims neighbor know they are welcomed and valued neighbor are? And, and uh, what are your suggestions for someone who wants to start entertaining or hosting Muslims? Absolutely. So yes, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, uh, Valentine's Day even, or you know, a lot of the holidays are very, um, very... Uh, just an easy and natural way to share culture. And so on a practical level, it's going to be uh, there. just out of curiosity, if they haven't experienced a Thanksgiving or a Christmas in someone just out of curiosity, they might say, hey, yeah, why not? Also, in the same way that they're willing and open to sharing uh, uh, Ramadan meals with you, they want it, it they kind of creates that expectation. A lot of times these are 
transactional cultures in when it comes to hosting. It is a lot about I host you, you host me. And sometimes there's even a little bit of like, well, it, it was my turn last time. So now it's your turn. And so I'm waiting on you to invite me. And so when it comes to holidays, it's similar. Uh, for those my for those of my friends who have invited me for Ramadan, uh, they've hinted even at me at saying, oh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, will you be in town? And so, and I had one friend who invited herself very much directly because they are curious and interested in learning about the culture and about you as their friend. So these are excellent, excellent opportunities to, to share. Um, and even if we're leaving town or something for the holidays, we, during the Christmas season, for example, since it's a little bit longer, we make sure that we have several days blocked to, uh, to host people in our home. And it's a wonderful opportunity to, um, to share the Christmas story and to share about Emmanuel, God with us, um, and why that's important to us and leading to what Jesus has done for us. And so uh, we have several families that we don't see as often because of busyness and whatnot, but we always get an invitation during Ramadan. They always get an invitation from us, either Thanksgiving or Christmas. So this is an excellent opportunity. Holidays are wonderful opportunities to share that, uh, again, because they're curious, because they want to know and they want to um, they want to learn about you. And the more you share about who you are, the more comfortable they feel, the more valued they feel, and the more uh, willing they, they are to engage in spiritual conversations. So as we close out this uh, episode today, is there anything else you would like to add? I think uh, for those who are interested in hosting, I know that at times that may seem intimidating and that may seem uh, a little out of our comfort zone, at least uh, culturally speaking, but it, there is no better way to really show who you are, to really get to know someone than to uh, ask them to step into your home. Also, in your home is where you are you, where where you are, you are able to, to represent Jesus uh, the best. So I, I would just give a, a word of challenge that if the Lord is already prompting your heart to do that, just take that step of faith and invite the first person. And there's so much that you learn as, as long as you go. The Lord wants our yes. And he, if we put our willingness before him, he's the one that leads. He's the one that gives us the words to say. And he's the one that, that really works through us. Yeah. If listener Rebecca, if listeners uh, want to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Well, I think the best way would be to contact Heart for Muslims, and then they can pass the information along to me. I would love to con uh, to be in contact with you to help in any way that I can as you step out and host people. That's excellent. Um, so here uh, we what we're gonna do now. We had a, a beautiful, wonderful conversation. Some of these topics uh, tend to be uh, heavy topics. I would like to close. I always ask my guests to do this. So I would like to close uh, this uh, um, podcast, this episode, uh, with a joke. So tell us a joke. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give you a hospitality joke. Okay. Okay. <laughs> This joke is from my father. I will paraphrase by saying that. And this is, I think in Latin America, you have the art of repeating the same jokes over and over again. And somehow they're still funny. So hopefully this will be well received. <laughs> but there, he always tells the story when we're eating, we're about to eat and about to start praying that there was one time this man who, who was a, uh, 
this man who was in the in in the jungle in Latin America, and all of a sudden he's just taking a hike and enjoying himself when he comes across a lion in the in the in the jungle. And he didn't have any weapons. He didn't have any way to defend himself. So he just immediately dropped to his knees and he is asking and begging, God, please help me. You say you protect your children. So please answer and you answer the prayers. So please, uh, please answer my prayer and help me. To his surprise, when he opens his eyes, he finds uh, the lion also kneeling over and praying, Lord Jesus, thank you for this food I'm about to eat. In Jesus name, amen. So I don't know who whose uh, whose prayer was answered that day, but you uh, take that's good. <laughs> that's good. Thank you so much for being on the show again. That was Rebecca Castillo, and thank you to all our listeners. We truly could not do this without you. If you learned something, have a topic suggestion, or would like to leave us feedback, drop us a note at oururbanvoices.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave an honest review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tune in next week for more honest discussion from Diverse Voices. You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Please check back for new episodes every week.